Welcome to the His Light and Life podcast with your host, Mark, who will be your guide to enhance, deepen, and enrich your Christian life. To turn your focus away from just getting by to walking with God in His light and life. back to his light and life we, we left off last time we were talking about using the tools of adam to try to accomplish god's will and i want to get i want to pick it right back up there and and explain what i mean by that we've established already that there's there's a malevolent law there's a there's an energy in the earth that it was released when lucifer rebelled and it controls everything that's going on in this earth today. Now, I have not said, nor will I ever say, that it is more powerful than God. It is not. It's not even a person. It's a law. It's a force. It's an energy. It's 24-7, and it's 365 days a year. And it touches everything around you. It doesn't matter what it is. Everything here... Um, you, you take the most perfect thing and you set it on a counter from that minute. From the second you set it there, it's going to start to degrade. It's a death principle because the earth is cursed. The earth is cursed. Cursed is the ground because of thee. When Adam rebelled in the garden, curse, he, he gave the law of sin and death, death the access to the restored world that God had created. Okay? So that law of sin and death that was being held back by God's grace, giftings, and abilities on Adam and in the earth was released. Okay? Now, that's the evil that's outside of you. And that's the pressure. That's the pressure, the, the ever-suggesting pressure. One of the challenges that you have is when you get born again, you get a brand new spirit, and you keep saying to yourself, okay, where do these evil thoughts come from? Where do these, where do these bad emotions and bad intentions, where do they come from? You're just walking along, having a wonderful day, and someone cuts you off on the road, and all of a sudden, wham, you're just hit with this sense of, what was that? And that translates all through any areas. Anyone who, ever, who understands what I mean is fully under, fully aware of how easily you can be triggered. You can be having along. I mean, you could have just, you know, you could have just played a seventy minutes of praise and worship music in your car, and you're just, you know, your tears running down your cheeks, and you're just in the, just in the presence of God. Pull up to a stop sign. Someone pulls up beside you. You you know it's your turn to go, and 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 <laughs> they come through the intersection at you, and there's two feet from the side of your car, just looking at you with crazed eyes, and you know both hands pushing down on their horn. And you'll find immediately everything that you had, all the all that all that sense of peace and joy, and all of those things just evaporate in a second. Sometimes you can just be by yourself and. Just a thought goes by and you're just, wow, you know. And and you may have to spend some time just sort of just trying to work that. And you wonder and you say, well, 
I have a born again spirit inside of me. I have a brand new spirit inside of me. You know, the Bible says from the heart proceed, in the human heart proceed, evil thoughts continually. But I've got a brand new spirit inside of me. So that's where the, you know, that's where the self-help comes in. And if you, anyone who understands that knows that there's a million books that are designed to kind of deal with that. Deal with anxiety and deal with this problem and that problem and harness your emotions and on and on and on. And you wonder, you say, okay, well, yeah, but we have the Bible. The Christian life is different. We should be able to live on a different level, but we don't see it. We don't see it. And and we don't see it because of the tools that we're using to accomplish it. It's interesting that you you have to be aware. You'll speak. You'll hear, you'll hear me speak of this many times. When you get born again, you receive a brand new spirit inside of you. God takes out the stony heart and he puts in a heart of flesh. You're born again. And the spirit inside of you has been sent from heaven. It's come from heaven. It's born from the heart of God. It is manifested inside of you. It is a brand new spirit. It is your spirit. And into that spirit is put the incorruptible seed. And just like a seed is sown in the ground and then over time it grows up into a great oak tree, we believe, of course, that that seed put inside of us over time will be if we water it with the word and we grow it and we build it and we develop it and we do all of these things then eventually it will grow up and we'll be, quote, a victorious Christian. And that thinking is very common. That thinking is highly common. Um, you'll know. You will not. What you will end up is you'll end up with a life that where you've basically put yourself on a leash and given yourself a muzzle. You will become successful at behavior modification. You will not... Uh, participate but the heart's covetousness that covetousness in the heart that covetousness that deep down the desire for those things will still be there and that separation it plays a significant role in your in a in a great diminishing of your joy you will not have any joy. You ever met an old stolt-worthy person, you know, been saved for 30 years, and they've got, they've got all the joy of a funeral director? I've met many. I've met many. I couldn't count how many churches I've walked in, and I can, I can spot it a million miles away. It's a, it's a strangeness. And it's a, there's something to it. But one of the things that you know when God truly sets you free, when you truly enter into the victory of Christ, you'll quickly come to the realization that what you thought was holiness in the past was not holiness at all. And a muzzled life, a leashed behavior life, uh, a life of behavior modifications and not going here and not touching this and not looking over there. That is not the victorious Christian life at all. And you certainly do not see that in Jesus' life. Jesus did not modify where he went in any way, shape, or form. 
Jesus did not keep himself away from evil places, dark places. He didn't do any of those things. See, The light was in the world and the darkness comprehended it not. If you want to know in, in, in another way of saying the, Christ, the victorious Christian life and walking in the light is the darkness comprehends it not. The Christian in this life, the Christian here, is not from here. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. We are aliens. The Christian is not the same species as the non-believer. If you are truly born again, you are not the same species as a non-believer. You are a different species. Now, I'm not saying you're not human. I'm not saying you're alien. I'm saying that you were born from above. The thing that's inside of you, the new creation in Christ Jesus, has never existed. Before, before the first person was born again, that had never existed. It had never existed. It's new in manner and origin of being. That's what it says. When you're a new creation, it doesn't mean like, oh, I had an old pair. Of, where'd you go? I went down to the mall and got a new pair of jeans. Everybody knows what jeans are. So you had an old worn out pair and you went and got a new pair. Oh, I went, oh, you got a new car. Oh, okay. Yeah, awesome. That doesn't mean that, you know, it means you had another car, an old car, and it got worn out. And then now you have a new car. A lot of people believe that's what it is. You had Adam. Adam's spirit was all worn out because he failed. And God gave man, when you get born again, he gives you a new spirit. That's not what, the word new there is new in origin and manner of being. It's something that had never existed before. God created something that had never existed before. When Jesus fulfilled the law, died for our sins, we died with him. When Jesus was raised to newness of life, we were raised to newness of life. The elect were raised to newness of life. Jesus was raised from the dead. He was not the same being. The Jesus that was raised from the dead could walk through walls. He could be over here and over there at the same time. He could sit on a beach and eat a, and eat a fish breakfast. He was connected to two dimensions, the heavenly dimension and the earthly dimension. And he could obey or override the natural laws of those dimensions. Absolutely he could. We know that he did. We are not at that level yet in our physical beings, but we are in our spiritual beings. Your spirit is not bound to this earth. Your spirit can stand before the throne of God. Your spirit is your your spirit has all the rights and privileges of every single Christian who's in heaven today. You are exactly the same as them. Your your spirit has the ability to release revelation knowledge of God's word to your mind. You can see what the non-believer can never see. That's why going back, I want to say quickly, that's why debating with non-believers is a complete and total waste of time. 
because you're debating about you you have to go into the natural to debate them you have to debate them with your mind you have to come into the natural reasoning of an old creature an old fallen creation and try to explain to that old fallen creation a new dimension it's impossible just like the fish could never explain the dimension of air and wind and skies and clouds and stars and all the sun the man in the boat that fish could never explain that to the to the fish that were still in the lake If you really knew, and I do, if you really knew, you have a debate with a non-believer, and a debate, I'm not talking about sharing the good news of the gospel, the Lord Jesus Christ has shed blood for their salvation. I am not talking about that. Do that every chance you get. Be ready in season and out of season. On the drop of a hat, you should be proclaiming your belief and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and you should be sharing with them how they can receive it too. The drop of a hat. I'm talking about sitting down and trying to rational, uh, uh, rationalize the Bible and a God in the sky and the man in the boat. Forget it. Waste of time. Don't even bother. Do not bother. If the conversation opens up enough like that that they're going to engage because it's becoming rarer and rarer, but if they will even engage in the concept or even... A discussion in relationship to God God has a very very simple simple way for you to speak to them share with them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood for their sins know that the Holy Spirit is going to convict them of their sins whether you see it or not and tell them that they can receive the free gift of the of their salvation if they will repent of their sins and turn towards God, they will be saved. And then ask them to pass you the ketchup. Because when you go any further than that, and 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 you're 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 completely in the flesh and you're totally wasting your time. Totally wasting your time. And anybody who's ever engaged in that kind of conversation seriously at all knows they are. Because back to what they're, they're, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. They cannot see what you see. It seems so obvious to you. The truth of God, the revelation of his word, on and on. It's all so real. You pray, you feel his presence, all of those things which we know and love about the Christian life. They have no concept of what you're what you're what you're saying the most valuable i mean it's impossible but i think about this from time to time the most valuable tool for a christian who's been saved for 10 or 15 years is if you could spend five seconds inside the mind of a non-believer if you could spend five seconds inside of the mind of someone in their 30 or non-believer in their 30s or 40s i guarantee you'd never have another debate <laughs> Because you would, in five seconds, you'd know how big of a waste of time that was. Okay? So back to the law versus grace. And this is a concept that, that um, in the idea of the new creation, the challenge that you have is you always have to remember that when God gave the law, he gave it to the Old Testament Jews. Now, this is important. He didn't give the law to the world. There's a concept or there's an idea that God's 
law, quote, the Ten Commandments are for all of mankind. Um, and that mistake right there links into other mistakes. It's like the first link in a chain, and if you hook that part of that, if you hook that link up, all the rest of the chain is now linked up to that. It's not popular, but it's true. And if you study it out, you'll realize it. God gave the law, what we call the Mosaic Law. I'm talking about the commands and directions and oracles of God to the children of Israel in the wilderness. He gave it to them. The nations that were in the Promised Land at that time, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and you know the Moabites, all of those other people that were there, they have no law. They had no law and they had no God. Paul says it this way, you who were one time far off have been brought near. He says, you were once aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in the world. Every non-believer today is in that position. They have no avenue to God. They have no vehicle towards God. They have no way of approaching God. There's no, there's no commands from God. There's no communication from God to them. They're aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. One of the parts of the commonwealth, commonwealth of Israel was the promises and the law. Strangers from the covenants of promise. We've already established there's two there, covenants of promise. There's two there, and those covenants were made to, to Abraham, foreshadowed by an inheritance like the sand of the sea and the stars of the sky. And the and the the people who were the sand of the sea, the children of Israel, they were given the old covenant, the Mosaic law. I'm going to say something here very clearly. Only, only the 12 tribes of Israel, the descent, direct blood descendants of Abraham, were given the law. The descendants of Esau were not given the law. Jacob's 12 children were. And that's vitally important. Esau's descendants, there was no salvation, there was no relationship, there was no connection to God with them, with, amongst them at all. We, God did not deal with them, God did not send them a special word, they didn't have some, you know, different commands, they didn't have, they were not given, uh, they were not developed into a civilized society, they were not given the constructs in any way, shape, or form, they were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. That's important. And it's also important when you carry it forward because now you will realize that you were never given the law. The Mosaic law, as it's written in the Old Testament, you were never in that covenant. That covenant doesn't even exist anymore. Not only were you never in it, you couldn't be in it now if you wanted to. It doesn't exist anymore. That covenant had a beginning, a middle, and an end. That covenant begins with God giving the law to Moses up on the mountain and him taking it down to the people. The middle of it is their continuous rebellion over and over and over against that law. And it ends with the prophet Jeremiah. You can read that, you know, the, the, the funeral of the children of Israel's covenant in the book of Lamentations. 
It's clearly laid out there. It had a beginning, a middle, and an end. Okay? I remember one time, my goodness gracious, this was back when I, I was, it wasn't really, a, it, was a, it was a conversation with an atheist, and one of the things they were talking about, his, his real beef was the fact that there was a God, and he, you know, demands that man lives in a certain way, and demands that man does certain things, and, you know, and he's, you know, blah, blah. They had the lawgiver God. And I said, well, i got some good news for you, my friend. I've got some really good news for you. And he goes, what's that? I said, well, God never spoke to you the law. You don't have the law. You have no relationship to that law whatsoever. And he bowled right up and he's like, yes, I do. What do you mean I don't have it? And I went, okay, let's see. You hate God and you hate the law that he gave and you don't want to obey it. And I just told you you don't even have to obey it and you just bowl up. But it's true. It's absolutely true. I want to thank you for joining me on His Light and Life. We're going to continue this talk. Um, and we'll pick this up next time. And um, we're going to continue on with our speaking about the law versus grace and the relationship of the two, where they began, why they were intended, and who's in them. Because a lot of Christians are very confused about their relationship to the law. And I'm going to show you the liberating truth of your understanding of the fact that you were never in it. And even if you were, it doesn't exist anymore. And if it, even if it did exist anymore, you would hopelessly fail at trying to keep it. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to His Light and Life. Do you have questions or want to speak with Mark? Please reach out using the email in the description. We'll see you next time on His Light and Life.